not at all. Well, to be on the mic is is the great thrill of my life. It's been a minute since we've I been never, together. I never knew who I was until I was sitting three inches away from this big pink puffy stifler. Wow. Has it been a minute? Yeah, it's been a minute. We haven't recorded in person. <laughs> Ben's like, I feel like I just did this. Time it was a week ago. Well, yeah, but he, he was... Not to make it all about me, but he was looking at me when he said that. Mm. It's been a minute since we've all been together. Oh. One big happy family. And we have a event planned this weekend together. This weekend. Oh, we're going to see Goodbye to Language in mm-hmm. 3D. I'm knocking over all of your liquids. Oh, I, I have a story I can share about Great. Goodbye to Language in 3D. Great. The Jean-Luc Godard, uh, as I like to call it, rap film. Um, this is this calls back to the golden days of MoviePass, because there's been a lot in the news lately about Cinemia. What with their demanding forms of identification, mm-hmm. photographs of yourself holding identification sent over to them. It's data farming. It's Big Brother. We have no power. It's very scary. Zero. They own our asses. They, in, 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 in a they, couple words, they, they own our asses. They own our cinephile asses. Yeah. So, Except my ID photo I took, I look pretty good in it. You should make it your new Twitter Abby. <laughs> I like the, I, I tweeted it and like blacked out the ID. <laughs> well, they, they're, uh, me and uh, Dan Bruno were like, oh, we're going to start the, the gay Twitter ID given to Cinemia thread, uh, but but only me and him didn't. So that's, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty classic gag. If I had seen that, I might have finally joined in. I just can't do it. I cannot surrender that information to a. I I feel like I'm doing them a favor by calling them a corporation, but yes. I, I cannot. Remember I, when they asked people to tip? Yes, please I got tip one. the I got, corporation. Yeah, I'm sure they're still asking for tips. Mm-hmm. They asked me yesterday. We're just trying to see some fucking movies. I know. It's a very, sim- very simple model. Mm-hmm. All I need is a check-in and a card with money deposited on it. That's mm-hmm. all I need. Yep. Yeah. Even with like these advanced check-ins, why am I having to scroll through? To- it's like a 5.25 p.m. motion uh-huh. picture. Yeah. What, what the about- fuck? Just make it increments of five, you idiots. Don't even have that. <laughs> just be like, fill it in later. Like, what's going to happen? You'll yeah. catch so like if someone's you will catch somebody if they swipe the card at a target. Yeah. Yeah. You will catch that. That is what you have security people for. That's mm-hmm. someone's job to monitor those purchases. Apparently their address is a WeWork. I I believe it. That's funny. <laughs> I just I've been spending a lot of time in a WeWork recently. Pretty plush dicks, I gotta tell mm. you. It could have just been the WeWork I was in. But the waiting room where I spent a significant amount of time, very chill soundtrack, Sharon Van Etten's new album, blaring through the speakers. Wow, they're Everybody, very hip. Everybody's crying on the on the plush circular sofa. It's wonderful. That's a lot. But yeah, they're uh it's quite a bit. Because that's been in the news. I and goodbye to language is something we just mentioned. I have a friend. This is back when you could you could like check in to see a movie at the LA Live. And then drive your car to the Arclight Hollywood and swipe it there. Mm-hmm. And then if it was 50 cents short, you could just swipe your own card for 50 cents. This is like the Wild West of mm. movie sharing days. So I have a friend who um, who did not go see Goodbye to Language, but who checked in at the Downtown Independent to go see a movie somewhere else. And MoviePass got in touch and was like, hey, you're going to have to... You're, we, there's something irregular going on with your account. You're going to have to send us a picture of your receipts for goodbye to language at the downtown independent not to get too regional about it and he was like oh no problem will you accept a digital receipt though uh-huh. they're like yeah no problem uh-huh. so he picked up he, he used a digital receipt i obviously can't name names because it's highly illegal 
he he had a digital receipt for some other movie from the Downtown Independent in his inbox, and he photoshopped a goodbye to language ticket stub. Even with, with like uh, all the way through, like changed yes. every little. I came over there. Good for him. I know, and or and, her. and him, well, or her because I'm not revealing the identity. And uh, yeah, no problem. MoviePass kept letting him do it, but then eventually yeah. they did shut down his account, I believe. Mm. But <laughs> oh no, 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 different friend eventually got his shut down. It's sad. Multiple friends scammed MoviePass way back when. Mm. Missed that. <laughs> it's still funny, but it's a little less funny now. It's now, now it's just it's dark. Academy Award winning it stinks. Now it's just dark. Well, it's sort of like I'm gonna go graffiti the, the Nick Hollywood and Highland. Has two more Academy Awards than Martin Scorsese. No, one more. One more Academy two Award more than, than Hitchcock. Stanley Kubrick. And he's gonna get two more when he releases. That's amore. <laughs> ben, your tweet. Now that you're off Twitter, let's reminisce about your best tweets. <laughs> the golden hours. Of, uh, golden when you of tweeted, <laughs> need when I lean over. <laughs> Wait, what was it? <laughs> Me to my date when Amore <laughs> shows up, and that's Amore. That's Amore. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, that got a laugh. Patty. <laughs> when, when Patty Amore, not just Amore. When Patty Amore <laughs> shows up she, on That's she, Amore. She's like, oh, that's Amore. A lovesick, humble Italian girl. Like, down on her luck. Is and Nick Vallelonga just casting himself? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. He's uh, going to pull a Warren Beatty with Reds or with Heaven Can Wait and get a picture, director, actor, actor and screenplay nomination. Yes. Wow. And actress because he'll play himself wearing a wig. <laughs> he'll play. He'll play the titular Patty Amore. Hey. Hey, it's me, Amore. Patty. <laughs> This Fu- movie future. will break us. I think future I think Academy Award winner. When this movie comes out, <laughs> we'll be dead. Hopefully, <laughs> true. But if and when this movie comes out, and if we're still alive and still doing this podcast, we should take mics to the theater. Yes, do a live recording of that Yes, and it'll be our one of our longest episodes. But the movie's gonna actually, be the movie's gonna be seventy two yeah. minutes long. <laughs> uh, mm. Anyway, what Ooh. are we talking about? I don't know, but that, that gave me a big laugh. Oh, I mean, I now, now, who wants to get serious? Speaking of bad movies. Yeah. So, we <laughs> all, not to get too regional, we I, all went I to the Lemley it Theater. Brandon, it's, it's, it's not bad regional when it's regional art. Mm. This is this is like folk art, like folk art of uh, Southern California, where everybody's got a damn camera, and every, and everybody like... knows. And, and if you've got a little bit of money, you mm. probably know somebody who's got a little bit more money who knows a booker at the Lemley mm. or knows how to book your movie at the Lemley. Yep. So it's very regional in that regard. Mm. So I, I in the group chat, I called this "It's the Room, but Holocaust," <laughs> <laughs> oh. and it literally is. Well, we should so say what the thing is. I mean. Well, it's called. Say the- say how we found it. I mean, I was at. Ben, tell your story. Like, it's hard to get. It's hard to introduce people. To in, it's hard to let people into an inside joke. You know what I, mean? I like, went on Saturday to see the film that we are discussing tonight, Transit. And first of all, the theater was fucking packed. Mine too. People are lit. Mine was yeah. pretty packed. And the trailer for the last comes on. Not the last something. No, just, just the, the last. last. Last is the last word. And it start. There's. It's a very like over uh, uh, overexposed image of a 
of a man and woman and another guy on the beach and the strangers asking them, are you waiting for your grandma? And then we cut to the grandma waving and then there's a robot ADR voice that says, great grandma. <laughs> and already I'm like, what is going Wait, on? Wait, no, but don't get too was far there, away here because there, I'm very curious. I'm just going to go through it. No, 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 no. No, I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to, but you missed a beat, which is, who is the man in like the Hawaiian shirt? Like <laughs> yes. the non-family member who never appears again in the trailer. Who's, who's just there who's to just ask just the there question. saying, are, are you waiting for your grandma? Also, it's like, did he mean to say, are you waving to your grandma? Because that's what she's doing. I like the production design of her stupid water bottle jiggling and her like, her <laughs> like, her that. camping chair. Her camping chair cup holder. And she's like, check out, check out these Nazi photos. <laughs> I, I brought some pictures. <laughs> she's just like, and then they're like, Grandma, we would have come and pick you up. Like, what? You, was this not a plan? What? Did she just show up at the beach and you happened to be there? What I want to know is, is she seems very tech savvy. Later we see her fiddling, oh, fiddling her, around on an iPad. Doing on, on Nazi the on the iPad. She's doing Nazi on the iPad. Uh, we have to like get to what this movie is. But, but like she seems, I don't know she what it seems is. Very skilled with that thing. Yeah. She's like holding it with one hand and mm. flip. She looks like she works at the fucking Apple Store. She's yeah. a genius. Bar. She's a genius. Mm. I, you're telling me she hasn't scanned her Nazi photos and put them on the iPad. She should have brought her. She didn't want to. She didn't want to get her iPad her sandy. So, no, no, that's probably because the way that older people, once they learn how to use technology, love it. Yeah. Like once they feel like they've mastered it, you're t- well. I'm not sure she would even thought about the sand. I think she would have been so excited to bring her iPad to the beach to show she, the photos to her great grandchildren. I just, I just love her just like swiping through the Nazi mm-hmm. pictures when she's presenting the photos and the man and the woman are just like, "Who is that?" Who is that? I can't Who talk is that? about Tim. He never. Is that you? He's crazy. <laughs> Did they just go back and forth okay, for like? Say, ben, say so. Say this, say the central premise of the this, last. This movie is about <laughs> an old woman. It's Faye from Wings. Is wait, is that who that is? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's Faye from Wings. Is goes to meet her great grandchildren <laughs> on the beach and brings her. Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> She's like, I brought photos, and she shows her great grandchildren well, well, the, the photos. It's, it's, she, she shows them these photos, and they're like, "Wow, Grandma, these are old photos." Grandma, these people, these people have swastikas on their arms. Who's and this? she's like, Grandma, you're wearing, uh, and she goes, nurses, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, hold on. It's like, and I hate to, I hate to laugh, but it's sorry. It's just like it is so hamfisted. Mm-hmm. But they're like, "Who's this man?" They're like, "That's Doctor This Guy." Like, and who's this man? I don't want to talk about him. He's crazy. And who, like, and who's this woman? That's me. And then they go, "Where is this?" And she goes, "Auschwitz." <laughs> It's so bad. It's so also. There's you've no, never no seen tap. a photo of this woman from the forties before. Oh my! I would God. recognize all of my ancestors. Like, yeah, young because yeah, I've too. seen photos of them. Sorry, I'm Daniel look, pulled up I'm the poster. Looking at, have you guys seen the poster for this? We yes. pulled it up while you were peeing. It's the family. We, it's the family's in back, their Sunday best. Uh, and there's <laughs> was looking out on the park onto a pond. But what's killing you, this is in the sky, the words, the last, and then it's underlined, and then half of a swastika just dipping out from the mm. bottom of the line. When the trailer started, for you guys, was there, like, a hush over the theater of, like, what the fuck is this? Like, no, my theater had liked like, it. <gasps> oh, my theater didn't like it, but it wasn't as, like, outspoken as we, yours we had We had murmurings, and then and then there was a laugh. There was an accidental outburst of a I just, laugh. So it's like you get that first moment on the beach, and then you cut to a woman sitting on the grave who's, like, crying and, like, the worst acting. She doesn't even want us to forgive her. <laughs> what is happening? It's, like, 
And then, even after then all these like, years, your genius remains untarnished. When, when will we ever get to know a mass murderer so close? And she's like, <laughs> she's like hmm. scrolling on the iPad. It's so I you, so you got it everyone too. I knew. Oh no, I got it. I got it too. And as soon as it was over, the two uh, older women sitting to my right said, "That looks great." <laughs> And then, it, and then I'm, I'm sure same for you guys. It cuts straight into a clip from Springtime for Hitler. Yeah, and sure Mel does. Brooks, the producer, because did producer, it? I don't yeah, think it because did the that le, not oh, the yeah, traditional, but the Lemley is doing a Mel Brooks march. Yeah, and so we cut straight weird from the transition. Last, yeah, to a bunch of dancing Nazis. It was so uncomfortable. And what? Is Reed Burney doing in this movie? He's been in like four of this director's bad films. Like, what kind of relationships, brother-in-law, do they have, brother-in-law, to Reed Burney, Tony Award winner? My my prediction is brother-in-law. Mm. I'm just or bribery. I'm Listeners, we implore you to seek Watch out this, this trailer. The last trailer. Oh, and then there's what and does, it will be the last movie trailer you ever see. The great grandson is just. Shirtless and concerned, but continually shirtless. And what does he? Uh, do you have no remorse? What does he say? It's not that. And it's That's just, pretty it, much it. Though. And, and then he repeats the line verbatim. <laughs> she, oh my gosh, he has a movie with Justin Kirk and Julianne Nicholson. There's the moment where, there's the moment where wow. they ask Grandma, "How did you feel when the Allied forces liberated Auschwitz?" She's like, "I wish we had won." <laughs> It's insane. She's like, I wish I could have put flowers on my mother's grave. And then it cuts to like a like a swelling piece of music. And... Edie Falco acted in a Jeff Lipsky picture. Edie Falco played Marge Gunderson in the first TV series of Fargo. Do we know this? Really? Yes. They tried to make a Fargo TV show in maybe like 2000 or in the late 90s. Oh, not I thought you meant the first season of no, this no, current and, and Fargo. No, and Edie Falco played Marge Gunderson. Oh. And you can't find footage of it, or I can't find footage of it. Really? Somebody buried it. I haven't looked in forever. I'm sure Back in the old it. days of when you could bury something you didn't want anymore, and now mm-hmm. it's yeah. too late. Mm-hmm. Someone's got it on a tape. Somebody's. Somebody. Somebody has that footage. Some of you are making tapes. <laughs> Some of you are making tapes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Should we introduce the, sh- the program? Yeah. Let it begin. Who's in charge? I'll I don't do know. it. Oh, you want to do ben, it? I don't, I don't do think it. it's me. I did Gloria. Oh, that's right. Hold on, I'm reading well, the Sorry. You did uh, have you have you started oh watching gosh. Better Things yet? Uh, yeah, it's so good. Did you? Re- Never mind. What? This. You have to cut this out. But. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. This is Movies I Mo. It's a podcast where your three favorite film fags. Here we are. Come together. And talk about a movie of the week. Mm. We come together. It's a we, movie of the oh. week podcast. <laughs> Brandon. Oh. Not on the transit episode. I love love the film climax. I was gonna say this is not this is not the climax episode. Ah, <laughs> uh, we should have there a really climax. Is, there's not like semen in climax. There's punch. No spoilers. There's not really it's not a sex movie. It's but not there's a sex punch. movie. There is punch. I haven't seen it. I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, I thought you saw it. No, no, he's going on Friday. Going on Friday. Well, by the time this airs, I will have seen it. You'll be seeing Climax on my mom's birthday. (laughs) Uh, Happy birthday, Vicky. I'll be thinking of Vicky when I view it. Um, My name is Ben Empey. My name is Daniel Crook. I'm Brandon Kirby. And we are here today not to talk about Climax, but Mm. to talk about Christian Petzold's latest picture, Transit. Yes. Another ghost story, melodrama, romance, and a time Mm. of war. (gasps) A cold war. 
<gasps> for Barbara. Yeah. A little reminiscent of Cold War. I got that too. IMO. Cold War Transit mm. Double. I thought that too. I had vibes. Or I thought about Cold War during every single one of the movies we watched. Yeah. That's all. I did during yeah. Barbara. I love Barbara. During Barbara. They're all so good. So We will uh, also be talking about... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Barbara. Barbara. And Phoenix. Someone warned Richard E. Grant. His two oh. most recent films, mm-hmm. other than the current, the latest, latest. Yes. And yes. I, that that's three-fourths of the films that I, of his that I have seen. Have you seen Yella? No. That's the one I really want to see. I've seen Jericho. Oh, okay. I really want to see Yella. I would like to see it. I would like to see it. You would like to see it? Maybe one day you will. I hope, I hope that for you, that one day you do. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I love. Here's. I'm just gonna dive in, please. please. I love that this movie takes place outside of time. No, that's the that's the that's the place that's, to start. Yeah. It's almost the most interesting and least interesting thing to say yeah. about this movie. But yep. it is such an audacious yep. conceit, and the way uh-huh. that that audacity turns into an unsettling quality, and it really throws you for when you the see twenty that, minutes. When you see that yep. police van just mm-hmm. throttle down the street, yeah, yeah I know. I, I was. I remember being actively frustrated because I was like, when does this take place? Yeah. And then it's three fourths of the place way. always. And then, and then I realized, Oh, that's the point you idiot. <laughs> Don't you think the fascism seems somewhat natural <laughs> in the contemporary settings? Yes. Yep. The refugees scattered across these towns where they're not allowed to go, where they should be able to go and they can't stay where they're going to stay. Cause they're going to be persecuted. Don't you think that rings a bell? Mm-hmm. It's genius. Oh, I didn't give a little synopsis. What's this movie We're about? Moving quick today. Um, this episode will be twenty minutes. What's it about? Transit is a is based on a novel from that was written during World War II, and it is more or less transposed to modern France. Although it is questionable because it's tech, it's like still typewriters. it's still World War II that's mm-hmm. happening to them. But there are a lot of modern technology. But there are no iPhones. No, that's, there. it's like it's a very interesting meld of time the dramaturgy of it right yeah the fact that there's no iphones that for me like it it it's it is even though it has there are no computers there is this like liminal space that it exists in but i do think that it is a hard and fast world war ii story just that by transposing it into this space we will talk about i don't think that the word nazis ever said though which is i think that it is oh is it is it? I think that I it thought is. just fascists. fascists. Yeah. And, 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 that, and that's smart. That's a smart moment of dramaturgy. I think they All just. All of a sudden, I'm using the word dramaturgy. I believe that. I thought that they just talk about the occupation. Has, well, they mentioned fascists. They yeah. And they mentioned the camps. Because mm-hmm. um, our, our lead, our hero, has just escaped from a camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about a man. What's his name? Hot. I believe it is just the hot. Yes. Hot. Jorg. Georg. Jorg. Georg. Oh, is it Georg? No, Georg. Oh, I was saying be, Georg. In Georg would time. be because he's German. Isn't uh, he German? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Georg. but he also goes by hot. Georg yes. has recently escaped from a camp, and he is in Marseille. Is that how you say it? Well, he's in Paris first. Right. He's in Paris. He is given letters to bring to a man. He gets to the man. In Marseille. Oh, no. No, he's yes. still yes. in Paris. Yeah. He mm-hmm. gets to the man, and the man has killed himself. Mm-hmm. So he... He's a writer. How does he get to so the he, second man he, who is dying that he has to get on the train? He takes a 
train with yeah the dying. How woman. does he? How does he come up? I think that everyone sort of mixed in together. The in this woman of like mm-hmm. writers yes. and leftists and, and, and Jewish people, people. And, yeah, and resistance. The woman give when they find the dead man. Yeah. She says, "Here's a letter for this. Take this. Oh, take this writer. Tell go tell the wife that he's right. dead. Well, yeah, and yes. So right. then we end up in Marseille." And he is looking for the wife of the writer who killed himself. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the guy he was traveling with also died. Mm-hmm. And in this search, and he takes he his takes the writer's identity. Yeah, it's, or the identity is thrust upon him. Yeah. Oh, and, he, and in he mistakenly, smart, and he smartly decides. And he smartly to roll is with like, it. yes, that is me. Mm-hmm. So, did anybody else think about? Uh, Barry Lyndon a little bit. No. It is a little Barry with, Lyndon, With, with yeah. the narrator, who we don't know who oh. he is until the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the narrator. And then, I, yeah. I, and then as soon as it was over, I, I went out into the the, the, the uh, lobby of mm-hmm. the Limley Royal, and they had Guy Lodge's review, but on a big poster uh-huh. board, and I saw Barry Lyndon, and I should have thought to myself, oh, great, someone else thought it, and instead I thought, no one will ever believe me. <laughs> you, do you ever have that moment when you read something in a review, and you're like, well, great. They published it like three months ago, so now no. it's going to sound like I'm calling back to this review. Right? No, I never. You don't have that? that? No. Oh God. No, I feel that. I'll have a thought and I'll see it in writing already. I'll be like, "Well, it's not mine anymore." Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> My thought has been ripped from me. And you know what? Ben doesn't have that problem because Ben can't read. That's so, true. Because I thought it was so original. I was like, "Oh my God, this takes place. It's timely and timeless time." And then every review mentions it. And I'm like, Damn. "Okay." Well, like all of the movies we're talking about <laughs> are dumb. about the past and the present mm-hmm. and about time. To quote. Askar Farhadi's The Past. I knew it. <laughs> mm. The past is not the past. Mm. The past is not the past. <laughs> anyway. Um, so. Yes, please. This movie takes place in all of time. Correct. <laughs> it takes place in 1942 and 2019. I love Slaughterhouse-Five. Mm. This is a film adaptation of Slaughterhouse-Five. Yes. Five. And, okay, where do we want to go next? Well, well, why don't we start with time? Let's start with time. Why don't we start with time? Uh, Why don't we start at the very beginning of time? I mean, let's talk. I just like we don't have to talk about time. Well, they're all in this sort of relates to time, but they're all in purgatory. They're people without Mm -hmm. a country. They're 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 ghosts. They're ghosts. It's Casablanca. Um, I just love how like ethereal it becomes by the end. How, um. Someone commented on David Ehrlich's Letterboxd review, which he just posts his IndieWire reviews uh-huh. there, but someone replied, you totally misread this movie. What the fuck does it have to do with Casablanca? And I'm like, did you watch it? <laughs> yikes. Yeah. I mean, it's like- Have you seen these two movies? <laughs> there's a, like- Big yikes. Did I, I certainly had a moment where I realized that we were in Marseille, which is a port town that everyone is trying to get letters of transit, which is yeah. where the title comes from. People are trying to get mm. letters of transit or, or, or pa- papers of transit. It means? No, it's not what it means. Mm. But I mean, transit, you are between mm-hmm. a place. They're, mm. in They're in purgatory. Mm. And you are between a time. This is hell. You are between a time. She's in hell! I'm in hell. Um, but what? God damn it. Um, huh. I don't remember what I was... Oh, 
the Casablanca thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like it's not it's not just the setting. Mm-hmm. Is that like at first I was like, oh god, like I saw Casablanca thrown around as a mm-hmm. reference point for this. I'm like, I feel like that's kind of cheap. Like just because people are waiting to go somewhere doesn't mean it has a Blanca. And then like once some of once some more themes come in there, I'm like, oh no, this is It's about fun. how you can never go home again. Did you just like Casablanca? Did you see um just like Vertigo. I'll pl- I'll plug a Twitter person. Did you see Robert Franco's thread yesterday? Well Ben didn't because he's not I on didn't. Twitter. Where it's basically Good like I logged out. It was basically Bye. it was basically like give me a movie and I'll and I'll I'll do it like David Ehrlich would do it in a review, and so it would just be like a director's name and then a movie. So for mm-hmm. this, it would be Olivier Assayas's Casablanca is what transit is. Nice, in David Ehrlich world. In Come, my opinion, I mean, <laughs> it's not wrong. But yeah, I like Daniel. You calling it? I a believe ghost his story. review said it's Casablanca oh. is done by Franz Kafka. Oh, he said that. Yeah. Oh, he actually. Oh, well, then that's what it is. By so he's a he's just a parody of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a ghost story. That's it the is. quote on the poster. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, it sure is. Casablanca is written by Kafka. Oh yes. yeah, there po- it is. This, is the, this has been the poster design. I corner. want this poster so bad. It's I have a so lobby card. Hot. They're giving away lobby cards. Mm. That, do you want my oh, lobby card? I no, I want one. a poster. Oh, okay, but if you want the lobby card, let me know. Thank you. That's very kind. Um. Well, let's talk about Casablanca. Should we talk about transit or? Well, we're going to talk about Casablanca. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. Um, how th- it 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 informs this movie in that we are. It's like we don't have. What am I trying to say? We don't have <laughs> <laughs> the Rick character. The no Rick. We have we have an every we have like a nobody every man. We have uh-huh. a ghost. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. ghost. And we don't have an Ilsa either. No, but, we have a ghost. But we have like in, the, they're trying to be the remnants of those yeah. things. And Richard is as close as we get to a noble Laszlo character. Mm-hmm. Good old Richard. Richard. Good old Dick. Mm. Yeah, no, I And yes. but you have you have the same like pub situation where they all go to the same Get a place slice of pizza. and they, they have a cappuccino and whatever. Bring your dog. And it's the only place that they have and they're just waiting. Mm-hmm. And they are bound together in that mm-hmm. in that struggle. Um I don't think that this is a role for Nina Haas, but as ba- I think you said it on the mic, but how Baltimore Andrew pointed out that you're going to miss Nina Haas in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And I did, especially when I saw how much waiting there is, because no one is better at waiting on screen than Nina Haas. Mm. And we'll talk about Barbara when we talk about Barbara. But yeah, I think you're right. This isn't a Nina Haas role. It's not really a Nina she's, role. She, the, the, I, would have, I would like to see it, though. I would, too, but she would be too flesh and blood. Yeah. Yeah, like, she pa- needs to be more flitting about and just appearing oh, and disappearing. I, what someone said leaving the theater? Oh, I'll tell you what someone said in mine, too. I don't know if she needed to come and go that many times. <laughs> what? Are you serious? It's like, we get it already. Where was she going? It's like, it, well, Petzold is oh, so... Oh, that's good. Petzold is a master of the last 15 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you can yeah. be... I'm not, but I, 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 I have even read on Letterboxd, you know, people that are like, you know, it didn't. these movies didn't totally work for me, but yes, the ending is everything you've heard it is. Like, he mm-hmm. is able to summon up all of this. Like, it's it, they're slow burn movies in that he's working up your like charge like your potential energy of emotionality in a ways that you don't even understand mm-hmm. until each of these movies like end on a look basically mm-hmm. and then you're just like 
all that shit in your stomach just gets punched right out. Phoenix does not end with the shot that I told. Like I, there's a shot. I thought that it ended on her face looking at him. I so that she walked, did I. I forgot what that she does it end out. on? She walks out, out and if and oh. and then it sort of she goes oh, out of focus. That's right. That's the whole right. shot goes out of focus. I could have sworn it ends mid song and she's lifting her arms and that's when he sees mm. and that's yeah. like. Seven, like two minutes before the end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I derailed this Powerful. conversation. <sighs> derailed the train in transit. Um, but yeah, the ending of transit, I was like, oh fuck. Oh, I'll say what the so there's this element where uh, our main character Georg becomes uh, he he finally makes contact with Marie, who is the mm-hmm. dead author whose identity he's assumed his wife. And he meets her because she is involved with another person who is waiting in Marseille, who is a doctor mm-hmm. that Georg finds while he is trying to find help for a uh, a young child who is a refugee and his mother, who he meets at the very beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, the three of them sort of become embroiled in each other's lives, and it's uh, or uh, or ensnared even. And uh, and then eventually he crafts like a separate relationship with Marie, and she's you know. Is she going to go to Mexico with Richard? She can't. She's going to say goodbye to Richard. Oh, she gets papers to go to Mexico with Georg. Is she going to? She can't decide. Yeah. But it's never a bad... Like, the movie is not a love triangle. No. In any... At no point is the movie's mm. tension based on who she's going to be with. Yeah. And I had these two old white men walking out of my theater last night saying, so... Who do you think it was? Do you think she wanted to be with him? Or do you think she wanted to be with Richard? Uh, Who do you think she wanted to be with? She wanted to be with her dead husband. I know! (laughs) She's a ghost! It's very clear. She's a ghost. She's a ghost. And she's looking for a ghost. She keeps being told your husband was just here because Georg was there posing as him. And she keeps missing him. Can you imagine the frustration of being Marie? Mm Mm-hmm. What a yeah. tortured existence. Yeah. And he never Purgatory tells her. Even. No, and that's the thing. It's like Phoenix and Transit, mm. and to a, I think, a much smaller degree, Barbara, rest on characters doing things that just seem illogical and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, because why wouldn't he just tell her? Yeah. You know what I mean? It makes no sense. I mean, it does make sense within the universe of the film, and I think it speaks to Petzl's... Uh, talent as a filmmaker that he makes you go that he takes you on these journeys and you will su- you will suspend your disbelief which is really yeah. what we're asking for filmmakers and mm-hmm. in Phoenix he is asking us to believe that this man doesn't know that that's his yeah that's quote his, unquote dead wife and you believe it and you wonder like why doesn't she tell him like and but because, you because like, it. she's speaking you know like yeah. he yeah. hears her speak like it's 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 wild it, yeah. you shouldn't believe it but he he does create these sort of otherworldly spaces within very firm yeah. political realities that are dependent upon melodrama and emotion like they're psychodramas mm-hmm. and the reason why like there or i've heard uh what i don't i've heard something like a, a psycho thriller or, or like a thriller that is based on i don't know but like they're not traditionally built thrillers yeah. but he gets you invested in what people are saying and what they're not saying and, and, the, and how they butt up against each other in that way, which is thrilling. But anyway, so for transit, it's just like, I don't know. It's like when they're in the back of the taxi and they're going to the boat and, and she's, they're just like making out. They're like together now. And she's like, I just can't wait to see him. She's, he's like, who are you talking about? And she's like, can't wait to see my husband. Like, I, I, he's going to be on the, he's, he's going to be I, on the boat. I was told he has a ticket on the boat. And then you're just kind of like, oh my God, she went back. But you're not, like your, your heart drops, not, not necessarily because he's like you're like oh no he's gonna get found out it's more like just 
I don't know, just like knowing that she's not going to find him yeah. is what is more compelling mm-hmm. and what hurts more. Yeah. But anyway, it's just like, why don't you just tell her? <laughs> right. Because you, then it would be over. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. You, but you yeah. believe and like, it. I believe it. And like yeah. in Phoenix, I never for a second question why she doesn't tell oh, him. Oh, that I, that I completely understand. I, yeah. I do question the if he heard her voice wouldn't he know like obviously she's had some facial reconstruction so she looks a little different he's been told 100% his wife is dead mm-hmm. yeah. and she's been in the holocaust but so if, I'm sure that she's not coming yeah. out with the same tone like this sounds so yeah. cheap I'm sorry but like with the same tone in her voice mm-hmm. you know what I yeah. mean and the same gait in her walk obviously Ex- ab- she does absolutely yeah he's always like why are you walking so slow mm-hmm. um, but you'd think if someone looked that much like your supposedly dead wife that you would really investigate that. But in Vertigo, how does he not know it's Kim Novak the whole time? Right. You know what I mean? Well, she has different hair color. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. So does, so does Nellie at first. It's, it's, it's true. Oh, I it, hate that wig. <laughs> I think it's a classic. Oh, it drives me insane. The second wig? No, the first one. Yeah. Ooh, it's bad. I know, but that like, the second one just fits better. Phoenix, or it might be her actual hair dyed. I think it looks really I good. I think that Phoenix more than Transit, certainly, and a little bit more than Barbara, is also just really drunk on a type of classical Hollywood context. Mm-hmm. Or I don't even mean to make it... I don't mean to make it, like, Americanized. Like, just a... Like, a 1950s, like, type... Or, 19, yeah, like, type of gloss, mm-hmm. type of costumery. Like, there's something... Like, that wig is just, like, there's a sheen to it, and yeah. it's just so... It, it it looks like a wig and there's a thrill in that like mm-hmm. knowing that you are watching a story being told with actors and sets and mm-hmm. i don't know like the yeah. like the like bombed out berlin it certainly looks real but it also has the unmistakable quality of a set like mm-hmm. when she sees the phoenix club sign with those strong lights it mm-hmm. looks like a set yeah, yeah. and th- and that's true about film noir and all these movies are noir in, in one way or another mm-hmm. that noir has an unrealistic relationship with shadow for oh. instance mm-hmm. um and, and like the costumes de- depending on what type it is but if it's like a hard-boiled detective noir or something like the trench coats and everything like, you, you see these signifiers you know you're watching a movie yeah and there's something thrilling about suspending your disbelief while also recognizing and getting a high off of these distinctly cinematic elements. Yeah, mm-hmm. Phoenix does that the most. Totally. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to like Phoenix and suspending that disbelief and just characters wanting or not wanting to believe certain things, it just reminds me of Birth and mm. Nicole, Nicole Kidman just uh, so badly wanting to believe that yeah. that's Big her husband. Energy. So it's like. The husband maybe just big birthday. I think I think in Phoenix I was getting the vibe that like he almost does think it's her, but refuses to believe it because she's dead. Right, and he wants the money. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's right. There's the the it's you know I think Phoenix is a great movie. I gave it four and a half stars in Letterboxd. It's an amazing movie. Where I think it drags a little bit are the scenes with the handwriting tests and shit. Just like when they're in the apartment, yeah, yeah, for the so machinations long. Yeah. of, and it's just it like, gets a little too like it's nitty monot- it's gritty. Monotonous. Yeah. No, I'm fine with nitty gritty. It's just monotonous. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't find that the, it's told visually mm-hmm. in a way that is exciting. But um, at the same time, that's the stretch where I'm like, I say to myself, "Oh, he definitely knows," mm-hmm. because when you look at the handwriting up against one another, yeah. He's like you. He's like, and you didn't trace it. Like, I'm. The thing about characters in the Petzold movies is that they are also suspending their disbelief in ways, mm-hmm. or choosing, or choosing to hold on to their disbelief. Yeah, that is fascinating 
Yeah. Just the relationship between, like, you, you not, it's not just the relationship between the spectator and the film itself mm-hmm. when it comes to believing or disbelieving a story, but also the people on the screen, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. And, and it's where, and it's where some of the, it's where these movies become mysteries. You don't yeah. agree? No, I'm just sorry. What you're saying made me think that there's. So I was going to cut out 45 seconds of my short tomorrow, a certain oh. chunk. And what you're saying makes me think maybe I should keep it in. So I have to. Sorry. I just like. <laughs> yeah, you went somewhere else. You're like, does this mean my short's going to have big pets? <laughs> um, yeah, I I agree with that. In Phoenix, yeah. Transit is my favorite of his. I think it's his best. I'm tempted to bump it up to five. Um. Transit for me, I just, it's so heartbreaking. Like the main character, it's like he doesn't exist Mm -hmm. and he's trying so hard to just grasp onto anything that means he exists. So like, for example, when he goes back to the apartment of the wife and the son and he's like, where are they? And they're gone. It's like, they never existed. And like he's he's holding on to like these grasps of a semblance of a life and he's losing and he's so he just sits around waiting for the, the woman who will never come well i was really struck by even 30 minutes into this movie the structure is him just floating through other people's stories mm-hmm. you know he has it he has a mission he has to deliver these papers yeah. but he plays he's completely inconsequential to all the people that he is bumping up against mm-hmm. until he has status and yeah. then that changes um and then you find out later like everybody else feels the same way and so then there's the great scene with the woman with the dogs when they mm. go out to eat and he's trying to make small talk. She's like, I just want to eat. I just want to eat oh, and drink and not be alone. I love her. The dog, <laughs> la- the dog lady is a real scene stealer. Okay. Um, if uh, you haven't seen this she... movie. Oh yeah, don't listen. Don't l- pause and go watch the movie and then come back. You don't hear her hit the ground, which is very interesting. Yeah. She, it's, it, it reminds me of, um, in Mulholland Drive, right before we switched the nightmare, the camera just loses track of Naomi. Mm-hmm. And she just is gone well, from the good part of the movie for a second. Mm-hmm. And that's what that reminds me of. I'm pretty sure we crossed the line a couple times in transit, like with some cuts. Mm-hmm, probably. And that feels intentional. Yeah. Um, in in that way, like mm-hmm. I'm not. In, and also the 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 the, man, the other man who's trying to go. I think he's trying to go to Mexico too. Um, the, the, the old man the old man who I think is a who conductor. has to have who has to have like 40 different passport it's Sinemia <laughs> oh my god Sinemia is controlling his life he's like I didn't smile and my ears were showing that's how they get you uh, that's how yeah. I didn't check in for my movie on time that's how they, they need like he needs like 72 forms of ID but, to but get to Mexico everybody in transit dies is the thing. can you get yeah. me one too sure that's what I was asking yeah, mm-hmm. I'd love one Everyone, everyone in transit dies. I'll take one. All of, all of the characters in transit die. And it yeah. makes me think about whether this movie even takes place in reality. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, obviously it does in historical reality mm-hmm. and it's dealing with real things that happen and yeah. its relationship between the past and the present is very effective and very unsettling. Yeah. And I would like to talk more about that, but thank you, Brandon. I almost wonder if all of these people's deaths like don't happen because she fell off the side of the of the railing or he had a heart attack in the American consulate or if their mm-hmm. ship really hit an iceberg uh, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if these are just really like their, their deaths are foregone conclusions in this hopeless world. Yeah. And so in the third act, when it becomes even, it has, it becomes even more untethered from reality. Mm-hmm. If these deaths are just happening in this space, because what does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like they're, everyone is doomed. Right. He's standing at the doorway of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Waiting to be let in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then he's told this is actually hell. 
it's so Isn't good. he actually told that at one point? That He tells that story. Yes. That's yeah. what the writer writes. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. He's read in the manuscript. I love, speaking of that he is just passing through other people's stories, I love that the way that the narration talks over scenes yeah. of the movie. And yeah. it was really interesting because this that also happens in the Soviet War and Peace that I oh, saw why don't you talk the about next that? day. Um, in the beginning, it's like we're at an opulent party. I forget all of their names. I think Pierre is the guy that we're following at this point in the movie because we follow like different people at different episodes. Um, and he is he's like having conversations with people and the narration is like, and they were talking about this and like you hear him say the line and then the narration says, and then he said this. And it's like, it's very... It's one of the most interesting like sound movies I've ever seen. This seven hour mini series. <laughs> seven hour okay. Seven so hours is it, far too long to ask someone to sit in a theater. I am no sorry. No intermission? No, there was, oh, okay. but still. It was broken even, up. I even did, with intermissions, it should have been done f- the four episodes across four nights. No, I I, I feel you. Okay. I did that for this I did that for scenes uh, scenes from America. You hear yeah. that arrow? It's just hard. Are you it listening? Hard. It was, I was hard exhausted. to be asked to concentrate that much. Much. When you get like a what, fifteen minute, thirty minute break? Yeah, we had uh, there was because it's four parts, so there was a ten minute break, then a forty minute break, and then a ten minute break, mm. and it was just too much. And I was in the front row too, and that the arrow being in the front row was pretty tough. And so I think if I it's really tough. Was if it I packed, it was sold out. That's great. Wow, they're That's doing great. another one at the Egyptian. Cool, because it's sold out. Anyway, American cinema. I want to. I want to talk about that. So back to the no, voiceover of transit. Oh, yeah, sure. Go That's on. what I mean. Just that I love that. Like the the voiceover doesn't have the respect of this man's actual experience to not talk over the the visual experience. We're just listening to the bartender talk about it because he's just another person who passed through it's his true. bar. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think it's about respect because I don't think that it's. I don't think that the lead character is any more insignificant than anybody else in this movie, and I don't. I just. Don't, I, I don't. But I, don't I think, think he's insignificant to the bartender. I think everyone's insignificant. To yes, the that's what I mean. Yeah, I don't know, but but I think that I think that by him telling this story, it actually lends a a, a large amount of significance to his story because no one else is going to tell his story. So it's either the bartender tells it mm-hmm. or no one tells it, right. and it makes me think about Nabokov's Panin, which I just read, which is fantastic. But it is told from the perspective of someone who was like dotting in and out of Panin's life, who wasn't even he wasn't even there in all mm-hmm. the scenes that he's telling. But when I don't want to spoil that novel because it's really great. But there there is a the, the way that it ends, the way that it relates back to the to the first chapter of the book, like there is sort of a cosmic sort of like doomed humor to Panin's character, but because this person tells the story, it becomes worth telling like he becomes a hero even though he is such a loser in his own story mm-hmm. and i feel very similarly about transit and in, in, in yeah. that exact same way yeah that that makes sense yeah and it's, i but yeah I, I love how like the narrator the bartender is is saying what they're talking about and then like it's it's a little off it's a little off but yeah. so there's like a little bit of repetition mm-hmm. there which yeah is it's fun. really interesting the subtitles are like running themselves over yeah i yeah. love that i love that i love it i, I love it, it. You know, I really loved that. I just think it's really interesting. Rich, dark, complicated, deep. I think it's fascinating. I think it's never been done before. I think In the hands of a lesser filmmaker, it does not work as well. That is definitely true. I feel ill-equipped to discuss this movie because I saw it on Saturday, and I meant to take notes after and like purge myself, but I didn't. I haven't had... I mean, I was on vacation because mm-hmm. we recorded an episode, but I haven't 
even vacation when you are with other people can become an itinerary Mm -hmm. and that becomes very uses a lot of your energy very taxing so i haven't had a day off and i i'm not being i'm not being like a bitch like those were days off but i haven't had a day to do nothing in like almost three weeks Mm -hmm. and so march has been a fuck i am just getting more tired with every day today today was the longest day of my life and it wasn't even a difficult day it was just the longest day of my life and so watching transit last night the whole time i was like this is so fucking great and i was Mm -hmm. everything we're talking about i'm like feeling that movie like and i can't wait to see this again and yeah i tried to see watch it again before that's how i feel i want to see it again because i also it's a very dense work I saw it too late, and I I knew I loved Did you it. Was it the ten o'clock screening? No, no. Oh, I God. saw it like seven, but it felt That's late. I, I don't know. Yeah. I was tired. Well, I oh, well, I would like to say it's so good. Just um, I remember when I realized, oh, this is the last scene. Oh, because well, I, I I I knew, like I knew it was gonna be the last scene because I've seen Christian Petzold yes. movies. So I'm like, oh, he's gonna look. And when I got black. there, oh my god, guys, I had no idea. When it I ended, like, oh. I was completely floored. But I was because I I like a. Okay, this is a problem that I have watching movies is I obsessively wonder... What's the last shot? No, I obsessively wonder how much time do we have left. I do that too. And I'm just like... And it's it's really easy when you're watching a print because the reels are... You can see the reel change. Yeah. But when it's a DCP, I'm just like, okay, we probably have like an hour left. And like, it's it's the worst like it's habit. It's never right. Mm-hmm. No, last night I was... And I, then like the scene right before, like when he goes and uh, he's told that the ship sank... I was like, oh, we probably have 20 minutes left. And there was four. I had the exact same thought. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes. Yeah. Because I was like, it's 100 minutes long. There's probably 20 minutes left. But we were at the end. Well, yeah, the, this thing's basically a tight 90. All mm-hmm. three of these movies are essentially tight 90s. Mm-hmm. There's not a wasted shot. There's not a wasted scene. To the point where in Phoenix, I almost need it to be a little longer. Like, I, I want the... I want... Because Vertigo is a very long movie. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of the grooming and the yeah. makeover and the transformation. I want a little bit more of that in Phoenix, even though I don't necessarily, well, I, I want it. I don't need it. Is what but I what makes say. Vertigo long is that you have the past. All of, you mean everything before? Yeah. I know. I understand you know? that. But there's still, it's, I don't know. It's more dynamic. Yeah. The, the yes, transformation is more dynamic. That's what it is. Um, and there are more elements to the transformation, I think is what it is. That's really what I mean. We don't really, like we have in Phoenix, it's really, he, tra- he teaches her how to walk puts a dress on her and the handwriting yeah. and dyes her hair. That's it. Well, but similar to Vertigo, there's a lot before we even get to Johnny. We mm-hmm. get her relationship with Helen. Is the character... What, is that her name? Helen? Who? Her friend? You look it up? Oh, oh, I thought we were talking about... I thought you were talking about it's Vertigo. It's Lena. I was confused. No. Which oh, I, the woman who's like, you're crazy. Which I love. Mm-hmm. That's all. Lena I love that. Lena is good. Because... Uh, I haven't talked as much all day. You confused me because... His name is John in Vertigo. Also, mm. confused mm. me. Mm. Yes, I was confused. Well, it's, it's good every once in a while to be confused. It mm-hmm. keeps you on your toes, mm-hmm. not too fast. I love to be confused. Just to say another thing about transit, and again, this is both the most interesting and least interesting thing to say about transit when in regards to its, uh, its, it's not just location. It, 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 it's contemporary. You know, it, yeah. it's contemporary setting. There's something so moving about it and that it, it's almost like a living documentary in a way yeah. that the movie is being played out in the locate like Marseille was a port town mm-hmm. in World War II Paris was occupied what do we think it was like to be in Paris on the day of the occupation and what did it and what did it look like 
the fact that we're just like on a city street in Paris, mm-hmm. like it, I don't know, like it sounds very trite and it sounds very simplistic, but just to see actors literally walking in the footsteps of the people who lived through that, mm-hmm. the people who were victims of that. I don't know. I mean, it is, it's not just moving and it's not just hugely audacious, but it is one of the best capturings I've ever seen of that time period. And it doesn't even take place in that time period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's movies about World huge War II achievement. lately really help me understand the present. But I mean, but I actually mean the reverse. The present really helps me understand what people in World Bingo. War II went through. Yeah. And how people that were occupied continued living their lives and how certain countries were still able to continue making movies and well we learned this in schindler's list even jewish people mm-hmm. like it, it was this systematic not just a ghettoization but it was just a systematic kicking of the can mm-hmm. into the concentration camp right mm-hmm. and at each point there is a normalization effect mm-hmm. yep. where people just figure like this is what my life is now so i'm going to make this normal and what I was thinking about during transit is, are there still kids in cages? I don't actually know. Here in America right now. Of course there are. And, and it's no it's longer normalized. an issue. Of course I mean, are. it is an issue, but it is no longer the same issue that it was a year ago. I was thinking about that exact thing in my card today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and children, children have happens. died on yeah. American soil. Uh-huh. And it's we don't talk about it. We, we should be talking about it every single day. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, you know... By we, I don't just mean... Like, and, like, we just... I don't, hold on, look, real quick. I don't mm-hmm. just mean, like, liberals. We have to be better. Right. I mean, like, it is... The fact that this is not a national... An international... Th- no, no, that, I, no, I It's agree. crazy that, like... What I'm trying to... Get, anyone from another country has not come from What I'm trying yet. to get at yeah. here is that... Think about in Phoenix. Phoenix takes place in the aftermath of World War II, in the aftermath of the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And I love its Jewish perspective in that there's this feeling of, how can we possibly stay? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, and that that is really interesting to watch, Phoenix, and just the, oh, maybe Jews stayed in Germany because that's where their lives well, are. Well, and then Lena has the line where she's like, what disgusts me is the idea that they have gassed us, mm-hmm. and now we are just going to forgive them yeah. because we're back. She's like, this was like last week, yeah. and we're mm-hmm. just going to forgive them. And so that's what I keep thinking about in terms of this moment we're in right now with Trump and the fact that uh, we have murdered at least two children on American soil. And it mm-hmm. is, you know, it's... It is adults, too, but we Mm -hmm. have murdered two children so far that we know of on American soil. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen when this stops? Yeah. I mean, do we just pretend like it never happened? Or Mm -hmm. do we have some sort of deep national reckoning in the way that Germany seemed to go into an existential crisis in our textbooks? But in Phoenix, it seems like life just rolls on. Well, the thing is, I mean, what's going to happen, theoretically, is what happened in Germany, which is 12 years later, the people are going to be like, Wait, no, we should we have to prosecute everyone. Yeah. Which is this is I mean It was like the early sixties, they really started going after every single Nazi. Yeah. No matter what level they were, they deserve to go to jail. This is mm-hmm. why, and it's not twelve years, it's a lot longer than that. This is why I'm glad that reparations is all of a sudden in the conversation again. Mm-hmm. Because that I mean uh I was listening to Spike Lee on uh, Fresh Air the other day. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how I I think he was saying like his aunt or his grandmother or someone in his family who lived in Georgia, like their grandmother was a slave. Yeah. <laughs> like this is recent history. Yeah. This is recent history. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you don't not just like reckon with it existentially, but actually take action to, mm-hmm. you can never fully repair something like that, but what can you do to at least do anything 
Anyway, so Phoenix yeah. has me thinking about these things, and so yeah. does Transit, and I am with you on that. And because we just watched Schindler's List, I've right. never seen that before, and it's like, it's not as if to say like when I watched Son of Saul a few years ago, I was not sh- shaken to my core morally mm-hmm. and thinking about how a society could get to this place. Yeah. But it feels different now taking the experience of the present, not just in America, but what's going on in Brazil. And obviously mm-hmm. with the rise of right-wing ethno-nationalist populism in Europe. Like, it's it's disturbing and highly informative watching these types of movies now because the environment that we're in feels like the first act of a lot of these movies. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, watching transit i had a lot of those same thoughts like not being able to tell where it takes place and mm-hmm. it's like that's the point because it's right. history repeating itself mm-hmm. when you think it's oh this is taking place during world war ii and then that moment that very specific moment where the cop a car a very modern looking car drives by it's out with like, machine guns yes right yeah, yeah, yeah like assault rifles right and you're like oh no this is because they're wearing old-fashioned clothes and yeah you're like, oh, and it's I mean, I'm sure there's like a moment where where one might be like, "What are we just doing Coriolanus all over again?" Like, there's like a modern update. Yeah, I didn't see Coriolanus, so for all I know, there actually is sort of a social parallel being drawn. Right. But it's it's totally jarring just because you're used to seeing period movies in a period context. Mm-hmm. But then your brain has like I don't I don't know maybe people are smarter than me and you're just automatically like, "Oh, it's commenting on today how the past and present no, are I think everyone the is same thrown line. a yeah. bit and I think yeah, I was frustrated to be thrown which a is bit. Thrilling. I, was, I was frustrated. I was yeah. actively frustrated and then I was like, "No, this is what it I is." Have, and I think it works and it's, because it's not only social commentary, it is it is the actual like personal theme of the movie. Yes. Like to the people no, that's exactly right. individually that the no, past is always I was, present. I was yeah. thinking about that last night in relationship to High Flying Bird when it comes to the iPhone cinematography. It's not just a it's not just a directorial flourish, a stylish choice. It is directly related to the theme of the movie and the character's own dilemmas in a way that is thrilling. Form mirroring characters mm-hmm. is thrilling. <laughs> It's thrilling. It's thrilling. Well, you heard it here first, folks. It's thrilling. I, we were thrilled. When I was watching Barbara at 5 a.m. this morning. Uh, hello. It, uh, Good morning, Barbara. I know. Um, it just, it kind of made me angry because it's so well edited. And I'm in the throes of editing again. And mm-hmm. it just made me a little mad that it's so good. <laughs> the 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 the, um, the routines established in Barbara through the editing. Are There's really one, like, she's on, on the bike, the bike mm-hmm. and then it cuts to her like already in the middle of locking the bike up and the way that the sound cuts is like there's an aural continuity to it that it feels like it's one swift movement and I'm mm-hmm. like you son of a bitch well, I think I said that. you son of a bitch I'm glad, that you, highlighted <laughs> I'm glad that you highlighted the sound of Barbara because it's great it is mm-hmm. and the last act which almost feels like one big montage like mm-hmm. one big sequence rather not a montage but a sequence where, where there's cross-cutting and everything. That's why I say montage. Um, it all feels like, like it's all on the same... Like, it, 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 the way that it just chugs forward and everything blends into each other is thanks largely in part to the sound, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. And it actually that's, that actually makes you suspend your disbelief in a way that with Barbara, kudos to it keeping me on that track because I still don't understand how that girl finds Barbara's apartment. But I yeah. believe it. Right, you know, because uh-huh. it feels like we're like the the, the, the unlike the, the grandma finding the the kids on the I, beach and how last. did she get there? There's no there, that doesn't have a good sound out of thing. Great grandma, great grandma. <laughs> anyway, I hope that made sense. It does. Ba- so Barbara, 
Barbara is de- of the three we watched. Barbara is certainly, I will only say the least good because I'm not yeah. gonna say it's the worst. But I think it's my favorite. It's the most pleasant watch. I think it's my favorite because it's. I think in a way it's the most straightforward, and so there's something very easy to follow with it. That's true, but for me it's more like I appreciate the way that it works in the context of the woman's picture. Mm-hmm. Obviously, these movies that not Transit really, but yeah. Barbara and Phoenix remind me of Cirque. Transit is really his first movie that I've seen that takes place from a male perspective. That's the same for me. Um, Jericho, I guess, does because you're in with the man's. It's like it's the postman always rings twice. Mm. Jericho and Nina Haas is the woman is uh what's her face and it's she's she's shacking up with a war veteran mm. and her husband doesn't know it's it's all very salacious it's, mm. it's like explicitly the postman always rings twice well aren't all of these movies in some way adaptations is is Barbara an original story or I don't know yeah, because that's of the three we watched the most. That's like its own it's not thing. Yeah. Um, I just I love. I, I love her biking. I do, I do too. Every time it's really she looks back it's on really the bike, important. it's literally the poster. Yeah. <laughs> it is. She does it the all the time. I, I think I, it's uh, such an effective spy thriller. I like. It gives you all of the, and so does Phoenix. Like, okay. gives you all of these little odds and ends that you expect in a movie like this. Like you get, you get the gun at the end of Phoenix that's wrapped up in the, in the mm-hmm. crew chief in the bathroom. Like mm-hmm. it's Chekhov's gun. And, mm-hmm. um, in, in Barbara, she's hiding money and correspondences to the other side mm-hmm. under a rock. Like it's where they're meeting in the woods. And mm-hmm. when, when an old man stops by, you can't breathe. Cause you're like, is he going to tattle on them? Like it, it has all of those great cold war thriller. It's like mm-hmm. spy thriller elements, but it's mm-hmm. all in service of this completely in, in service of this. It's a romance, but it's also again, like a woman's picture. Mm-hmm. And again, this is not my term. This is a historical term for like the woman's picture, like the melodrama, like I, the, like the, the high focus on her interiority. And I was, Transit just really threw me because it didn't have any of the stylistic. No, that's not quite true. It didn't at first have all the stylistic elements I'm used to with Petzl, mm-hmm. which is like the color washes that don't feel like Almodovar or anything. Just like the the diegetic color washes, like in the hospital, like the red mm-hmm. light thrown against everybody's face. And mm-hmm. Same like in the club in, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's really not until uh, Georg is on the train and we get the superimposed image of like the blue train mm-hmm. tracks like mm-hmm. rushing by and yeah. the old man in the train car that I'm like. Oh, okay, so I am in the right theater. I'm not watching Never Look Away, mm-hmm. which was a thought I had at oh. one point. Really? Well, because I was, like you, Brandon, I was a little frustrated. I was just thrown. Yeah. I was like, this, like, this doesn't look like Phoenix. Thrown for a loop. Knock Like, it doesn't look loop. like Phoenix, and I know they're playing Never Look Away. I'm like, and if I am in a three-hour movie right now, I'm in the Hell wrong yeah. movie right now. Victor Von Hammerstramps. What's his name? Florian Hinkle on Standard's Mark. Thank you. Standard's Mark. Um, what a name. I like the end of Barbara. I like the Blue Beach. Same. Oh, the blue Thank beach you. is good, but again, ends with a look. This it, it does it, all these moments. Mm-hmm. All the all the movies end with a question of, well, what the fuck happens now? Mm-hmm. Like that's they they really are cliffhangers in a way. That with, with Phoenix, the whole movie is leading up to this moment between Johnny and Nellie recognizing that they each know who the other person is, mm-hmm. and then she walks out. Now what? With Barbara, it's this question of like, which which way is she gonna go? Like, is she gonna go to freedom, or is she gonna stick around with this nice guy? Like, right. what is she gonna do? And you never, I never really thought she was going to stay. I, like, okay. I always thought she was gonna go. 
So once you see her stick the woman on the back mm-hmm. of that boat, all of a sudden you have a thousand questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the movie ends with her like sitting down in the hospital. Like, and by the way, everybody, like all her former employees have like set the secret police on her. They're like, yeah. she's making a run for it. She just sits down, like crosses her like She's like, what? Like, mm-hmm. and now what? And then so obviously bad. in transit, you hear the doorbell ring and mm-hmm. looks around like, oh, is that Marie? Oh. Is Marie coming and going again? Why does she have to come and go that many times? <laughs> It's, it's a good question. She's always dashing. I love her dashing. She's flitting about. Mm. Reminds me of Isabel Luper in the film Greta on her tippy oh. toes. Ah, uh, mm. when she dances in a circle. She's nutmeg from at home with Amy Sedaris. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Flitting it around the living room. I love to nutmeg. <laughs> nutmeg. I love to flit about. Same. Which one's your favorite of his? Of the pet salts? It's, 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 a, it's, I would need to see Transit again. For it to really be in contention against Phoenix, because I love Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix is very. I don't know. Transit's the one that. Transit, I think I Transit had the... is like objectively the better one. Mm-hmm. Like it just is in. It's just it's interesting. It's rich. And yeah, it's, it's just like advanced. That's the one that hit me the captured most. Captured your soul. Yeah, Phoenix, and it's the one I most hits me emotionally the most. Yeah. Yeah, because it, the the layers that Nina Haas is doing. Yeah, but I think as, if I saw Transit again, knowing what it is, like it would be easier for me to emotionally connect with it. Yeah, it, it actually because it just thro- again we're gonna say throws, but it for a loop. it fucking throws you. For, you for I was thrown for like the first good half. I had a very yeah. visceral reaction. It was like loops. I hate it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a pretty good chance that, and and you know it's March. This is not gonna happen, but. There's a pretty good chance Transit ends up my favorite movie of the year. Honestly, and, it's gonna be on the list. But I only I say that for many reasons. One being it reminds the initial first watch reminds me so much of the first time I saw Zama. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Zama. It reminds me of Zama a lot. And Same. it's not just that big it's elliptical. Zama energy. It has big Zama energy. Yeah. But the second time I saw Zama, I knew everywhere the story was going, and I was able to lose myself in it even more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... And I was still scrambled. My brain yeah. was still eggs. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. why can't he get what he wants? You know what I mean? Like, why is everybody saying no to this guy? Yeah. And that's but, also the same thing the of same Transit. Thing, it's the same thing with Transit. And, but I understand the nooks and... Like, I'm able to... I know the definitions of the nooks and crannies and the narrative yeah. and in all the spaces so I can yeah. explore it a little bit more. That was true the first time I saw Zama, and I know it'll be true the second time I see Transit. Yeah. yeah. Ready to see it yeah. again. I, I want to see it again. I'm glad you thought of Zama, too. I did. Zama. I thought of a serious... I wrote in my notes that oh, I thought of a sure. serious man. Purgatory. Yeah. The, the, the cosmic irony. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, and the last shot. The last shot. I know that we're not on a face on the last shot of a serious man, but it still reminds me of it. Same. Because we're same. like... Oh, it has the same emotion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, like, so I thought of next? a serious man. I thought of, yeah. I felt it. I felt that. I, I felt that. It. Transit, I felt that. Nina Haas's wig, I felt that. I felt that. Can I monologue about Vertigo for a little bit? Please. Um, Are we ready for that? Yes. yes. Dive in, bitch. All right, everyone. Vertigo is a very special movie to me. I've seen it as much as I've seen any other movie. There are very few movies that I was obsessed with in high school that I'm still obsessed with that I still like watch at least once a year. It's like Vertigo, Psycho, Cabaret, West Side Story, and that's about it. Um, And 
I'm, I might just read the stream of consciousness that I spilled out the other day. Please. By all means. Please. Um, it probably won't make any sense because I think it was like the middle of the night after I watched Phoenix, I scribbled down some notes on Vertigo. Here we go. Vertigo is about being focused on one thing and it's about how trauma changes us and it's about what you do when you wake up and you find out your husband is actually trash abusing your loved ones to one end to have it ripped away and to see with stark clarity that you are garbage for nothing when judy looks into the camera and vertigo is a top five moment in all of film it's when hitchcock tells us that she matters just as much as scotty her pain is real um what happens to her is real um that oh i wrote that down <laughs> that, uh, did, what, did you surprise yourself yeah. by how good the words were no just uh anyone who thinks this movie is misogynist is a misogynist um, oh that's a take <laughs> um, shots I, fired. I do feel that way because hell yeah you're projecting that you don't think judy's point of view is as important as scotty's and i think it's in the film that it is um and they're both doubles scotty's real name is john judy is also madeline um everyone is double no one is what they seem and they have they go through this shared traumatic experience that makes them into these other people and who their true character is is revealed phoenix that's phoenix um it's uh, when I was at uh, shoot the piano player and rope after you left and there was the annoying guy like hitting on this girl oh, he yeah. said I really like Vertigo but I think it, the first half is too long it's like we get it already and it's you don't want to watch her the point of the first half is okay there are plenty of movies that just show you the second half and all of the Christian Petzold movies just show you the, he- the second half but what makes Vertigo the greatest movie of all time is that you are sitting through the past before the past haunts them. Yes. And when, and that just makes it hit that much harder when he finds Judy and he is forcing her to become this other woman. And you know, you start to no longer root for Scotty in the end. When, if you haven't seen Vertigo, turn this off. Commercial goes here. <laughs> Sponsored ad goes here. If, if, if by the end you're not rooting for Scotty to find out that this is really, this is who was really Madeline, you're just like, this is so sad for both of them that they're, that they could just be like, oh no, I was the person you loved. You met me. We could just be together now because I love you too. But they can't, and then she has to die. Um, and also reminds me of Phoenix in a way. Yeah, it's very Phoenix. He like well, literally makes her over, and yeah, but it's all like just the. Are you done? Sorry. No, I have more. Keep but going. We can, um, and this also ties into Casablanca because I've always thought Casablanca and Vertigo are more similar than anyone would like to say because they're also both about that you can never go home again, mm-hmm. and that certain 
the older I get, the more that movies about like romantic trauma are like the thing that I've stuck with and like really mean something to me. And that's what I was gonna say real quick is yeah. that Phoenix is as much about romantic trauma than anything else. Mm-hmm. And and it's it because her husband is obviously a bastard. Of course, yeah. no, but it, like it feels slight when you're talking about movies that are in these grander historical contexts. Like mm-hmm. basically, in every single one of these movies that we're talking about, like we are dealing with people who have very human urges and emotions and how they are butting up against a harsh political reality that makes them the victim that, yeah. that, that is specifically targeting them. Yes. Every character in the movies that we watch today is an enemy of the state, not mm-hmm. because they're a bad person, but because the state is persecuting them. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. I'm totally getting sick. So it feels cheap to talk about romance, Yeah, but certainly true about vertigo, but also true about these three specifically mm-hmm. more just Phoenix. But that the the weight of romantic trauma mm-hmm. is valid, yeah, and and deserves to be explored, and that and, you can be abused, and by that it, and that it's not crass to tie the idea of romantic trauma into something uh, as as severe as these types of European conflicts. Yeah, and then the last thing that I would like to bring up about Vertigo is that Vertigo is what David Lynch has been building towards for thirty years with Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and the the last two hours of the the finale of Twin Peaks, the return is basically structured like vertigo. And it's a man trying to reconstruct a certain experience he had with a woman and trying to, to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like whenever people talk about how great vertigo is, they talk about the vertigo shot and they talk about what this means to Hitchcock's career. And I don't want to take away from what the, that... It didn't make any money. That that does... No, but I mean like him no. like being obsessive. But that no, too. I know. That, that too, yeah. But... Jimmy Stewart wouldn't do North by Northwest yeah. because and I'm just, Vertigo made no money. And I'm just like... It is so much more than those factors that it's just... It's such a potent film about trauma. Well, yeah, th- that makes me think about another thing, which is like, when you talk about movies, well, l- l- let me take a step back. I remember saying that Matt Zeller cites said maybe in, in the last 10 years anyway, probably on the earlier stretch of those 10 years, where he was bemoaning the current state of film criticism and that it doesn't talk about form anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm with him on that because I think that we have a lot of film critics today and I'm not naming names, and I'm not even really throwing shade. So don't, I'm not throwing shade. I'll throw shade. I'll name names. No, but, but who don't understand how filmmaking works, mm-hmm. which I think is essential, just like Cream is essential to Porridge from the film mm-hmm. Phantom Thread. Mm-hmm. Understanding how filmmaking works is essential to good film criticism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, ultimately, we are trying to evoke the types of feelings that Ben is discussing here mm-hmm. in a way where form is almost the least, least interesting thing about it. Yeah. It's more about the emotional reaction that you have as a viewer. Except, but if you don't, well, go ahead. Just that, I don't the mean way, to sound contradictory. So no, let me there's my the, point when you're done. The way that vertigo works is because of the structure. Like, yeah, the emotional reaction you have is because of the structure, and I think that's. I mean, I've I've said on this podcast before, the structure is probably the most important thing to me in filmmaking, and vertigo does not follow any sort of structure by any other movie that has ever existed. And it still fully works, and that's it's wild. You have a whole movie, and then it ends, and then there's 45 minutes of more movie. Yeah. It's crazy. I guess I would, when we say form, do we really not include script structure as well? 
because that's form like the form no i know no, and i'm not i'm not arguing with you or anything i'm just saying i think that. a lot of people would not include and i think that you should mm-hmm. but why wouldn't you because generally because i guess people just think about like when they say form yeah they things. think about the camera yeah yeah but it's like they don't it's, a, it's yeah. like people don't think of acting as form right and acting is definitely form it's like but structure and form creates the emotional response exactly. so they're intrinsically tied exactly mm-hmm. exactly so this, th- th- this is and it's like I mean. that's why Hitchcock is the best is that it's invisible. Yes, and like it's he's a f- he's a true formalist modernist whatever term you would like to apply, but none of like you throw it all yeah. like you're not going to talk about it. The, the 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 terminus of my point is that form is interesting because it gets you somewhere. Form mm-hmm. is a train, and you the audience are a passenger. So to talk about the vertigo shot simply be- and this always drove me insane going to film school being in cin- I remember I took an editing I took a couple editing classes I was in like the 201 course because I thought I wanted to be an editor because I still don't think there's a more exciting place to be as, editing as a is the most is, fun. Is, is in the editing room and I really wanted to do it and I thought I was pretty good at it and I my enthusiasm I clearly didn't want to do it that badly because yeah. my enthusiasm was zapped by all these other people in my class who could only talk about like how many bits are involved on a DCP in order to like if you're shooting on this like just like the most really? boring yes <laughs> yes have they ever seen Thelma Scudmucker talk <laughs> no exactly you know no like, exactly she doesn't think about that yeah I didn't do well in that class mm-hmm. because when I talked about editing I talked about energy and I mm-hmm. talked about character relationship and all this stuff and it was like well it's not 3.2 seconds before I'm not saying my instructor I'm saying my classmates and it, it just killed me um, and I guess what I'm getting at here why I'm thinking of this is like why are we talking about any of this except to talk about how it strikes us deep in our hearts yeah. and makes us feel when we go to bed at night? Mm-hmm. When we're walking around by ourselves in a park. Isn't that why we go to the movies? Yeah. Like to carry these stories with us? To, it's mm-hmm. not just seeing ourselves reflected on screen. It's about changing the way that we look at things mm-hmm. and about mm-hmm. experiencing an experience that isn't ours so that we mm-hmm. can carry it with us forever. I don't know. It's just yeah. like... I agree. God. <laughs> I try to frame all of my thoughts into in how does it personally affect me? How has it changed me? How yeah. has yeah. how have I wrestled with this over the years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and good film yeah. criticism are, are those sentiments expressed? Do you remember that article? Moment? I think it was Sheila O'Malley. Maybe it wasn't, but it was on RogerEbert.com, and it was uh, like a test, not a testimony. It was just like a article about her father had just died and like here are our, like our relationship with movies mm. together. It's one of the most powerful things I've ever read in my life. I would like to read that. Please link us. I'll find it. Yeah. Maybe we should tweet it out. Yeah. yeah, we should tweet it out. It's very powerful cuz she it was it was it was like early 2016 because she was talking about Mad Max and that was one of the last movies that she saw with her dad. Oh wow. Anyway, I cut you off to make that it point. It doesn't matter. That's more important. Cause she, I think it was Sheila O'Malley. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna look like an idiot if it wasn't her, but that's fine. Um, we'll look it up and locate it. What else and do we have share to say, it. everyone? Just that uh, that dead author who mm. Georg his, must assume the identity Georg. of with his uh, infected leg. When he, when, uh, the, when they just throw his body bag off the. Oh, I didn't off even, the I didn't even mean train and a thud. Oh, yeah. that one. Um, I didn't even mean him. I meant the man whose identity he assumes. 
That's oh, not the oops. same man, is it? No, it's not. You're you're oh. the, you're talking about the man who kills himself in the shower. I was gonna and say and leaves a mess. Left quite like, a mess for Jean Dielman to clean. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, there's two dead men in yes, this movie. I yeah. Well, there are several. A lot of death. Well, here's the question. They're all dead. Is it a mess for her to clean up, or is it the mess she made? Did she? Mur- I mean, she is a little. You know, you know she's what I'm not. Is a it little... the mess she made? <laughs> what? I'm trying You're not to repeat I'm it. Try not to spoil. <laughs> is it the mess? I don't get it. That but she made in Phoenix. <laughs> oh, think a, think think a little bit harder about it. I can't. What? Is it the mess that she has to clean up? Think about what the mess is. Or, Blood. Or is it the mess she made? She bled everywhere? Are you saying she's on her period? <laughs> that's what I went to. You better cut that out. That is not what I'm saying. That's that's what I... I think of, and again, I'm trying to throw... She con- cut her finger? Think of the complete arc of Jean Thielman. Uh, oh, she... Is it the mess she he, made? He was Don't a, say, Brandon. He was a John and she just knifed Brandon. him in the neck? Okay, I want to cut that out because <laughs> a lot of people haven't seen Jean Thielman. I, we... One hundred percent. If you haven't seen John Dielman at this point, I know we have. But John no, no, I know, podcast. I know we've referenced. If you John are Dielman. listening to episode seventy-six of Movies I Own, you have not seen John Dielman at this point. You know, stop listening. Just go. <laughs> Just leave. leave. I'm doing Alexis. Get out of here. Get out of here, you. Get out of here, you old dog. <laughs> Just leave. <laughs> Don't you come back. Get out of here, you stupid dog. To quote dog. Judy in Vertigo, if you want to leave, just leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's I quote that so often. Okay. In that exact <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> Linda's not happy with the noise. Oh, it's good to, have a laugh. Um, good to have a laugh. Good to have a laugh. We're all coughing. She's coughing. <laughs> I'm just choking on my water. Okay. I don't have a cold. Like the back of my throat. It's just, have you guys ever... I've done such a good job of staving this off. Like for four days, I wake up, my nostrils are a little tight. Mm. I've got a thing on the back of my throat. You got to gargle with boiling water. I that's what my my grand gargling uh, boiling salt, salt water. water yeah. yeah, but like I have done vitamin C the last thing before I go to bed every night all week except for last night, and then I wake up and I blow it out mm. and I can get through my day. Yeah. And today is the first, and it's like I'm just not used to such a slow ramp up with a cold. Usually I feel it one day, it. the next day I've got it. I am really. You delaying. want it? I'm really delaying. This you got been it. Fighting it for a few days. That has happened to me before. But do you? But the thing about a cold is you always lose. Because mm-hmm. you always get the cold. It's better just to submit. Mm-hmm. But That's I wonder, what I do. I wonder if it's like. <laughs> do you think it's possible to like? If, if, if like <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> that was good. I just give in. I All right, have. I'm sick. I'm it's not better. taking. I'm not taking Nyquil or anything. I've like I had a few drinks Nyquil. this week. Like yeah. I'm drinking coffee. Mm-hmm. Like I never give up caffeine when I'm sick. And I know you're supposed <laughs> to. You know, I drink like... tea, and then I drink twice as much water. Oh, you are supposed to give up coffee when you're sick. It's dehydrating. Yeah, because caffeine is dehydrating. Oh right, I alcohol know, I and caffeine are dehydrating. I don't give a fuck. I'm I because especially <laughs> off Twitter now. He doesn't give a fuck. Especially about cold. And this is like, why am I getting so deep into this? But uh, as opposed to like the flu, oh. like a cold, you're gonna have I had the flu since I was in training. You're gonna have a cold for seven days, no matter what you do. You know. It's not going to get worse, and it's not going to get better, except with time. You know, so if I you want to have a drink, have a fucking drink. That's how I feel. You, you know, know, my illness, my sinus infection, ear infection. Do you mm. still have it? Okay, so my my <laughs> well, my throat hurts now, so it's a I new know. development, and my ear is still fucked up. 
You need. What to, does it feel like your ear? My ear. You so need if to do I if I do transcendental meditation, you're just stressing yourself. Ben, transcendental meditation doesn't fix an ear infection. If I do this, it would have. I can hear my eardrum. I can hear it. Because it drops it, your ben, stress levels and stress. Brandon, put it up close to the mic so the listeners can hear it. Can you hear that? <laughs> Wait, put it back up. St- stress fucks wow. your immune system. <laughs> That's true. And transcendental meditation lowers your, the cortisol levels in your blood. I, I, Don't you want to lower your cortisol, Brandon? <laughs> Thank you, David Lynch and others, celebrities who also use it. Don't you want to lower your cortisol levels? <laughs> you know what? I, I, went to my, I went to my doctor. You know what he said? Wait it out. <laughs> Wait it out. Give it a minute. My ear, I'm going to go deaf in my left ear. Did you pay for that appointment? No. A $5 copay. Hell yeah. He said, get Mucinex D. Went to Rite Aid. They had, Mucin- they had every other variety of Mucinex. Every other letter. Every well, don't you have to go Mucinex. to the... You have to get that from behind throat. the counter. Be careful of your throat with that. Every- you have to get it from behind the counter. No, they had a lot of Ds. Oh, really? They had Claritin D. They had Sudafed D. They had the big D. They had a lot of Ds. So what'd you take? None BD. of them. <laughs> you, 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 they're like, we got clear. They, they said oh. all the Ds. You looked at him and you said, well, all right. All and right. then you turned around, doffed your hat and laughed. <laughs> I said, all right, not for me. All right, let's close <laughs> this out. <laughs> the, not for me. The wrong Ds here. Ladies. <laughs> and then you went and had a threesome <laughs> in your mule. Van truck, Mama Dia. Ladies, <laughs> ladies, come on, having a laugh. I oh got a God. twin bed. Mm. <laughs> he doesn't say that. Maybe he mm. does. <laughs> it's Internet. elliptical. It's on the cutting room floor. It's elliptical. <laughs> the mule is elliptical. I don't think the, that there's anything on the cutting room floor <laughs> no. of the mule. <laughs> Every scene that was shot. The only thing on the cutting room floor are empty. Diane Weiss certainly doesn't think the (laughs) same thing on the cutting room floor. All of it. The only thing on the cutting room floor are empty (laughs) peanut shells that Clint was eating during post. Yeah, that looks good. (laughs) All right, (laughs) all right, let's move on. Where's lunch? (laughs) What's for lunch, Clint? Peanuts. (laughs) Do you have applesauce? I don't think they have lunch on the Clint Eastwood production because they <laughs> they're like, done by lunch. They just fucking flick granola bars at their heads. They only it's shoot not an Amy six hours collection. a day. Oh fuck! They only shoot six hours a day. He's in and out. All right, all right, we're done. Oh my god, we got it. Diane Weasley's like, what the fuck? She's like, I'm not in my costume. <laughs> He's like, we got That's it. That's okay, we got it. <laughs> I was listening. I don't know if it was Fresh I'm not Air in my rock. or one of these other podcasts, but Bradley Cooper is like, you know, I was, you know, I was so stressed and like worried about everything on a star. Terry's like, have you tried transcendental? Meditation? No, and he was like, I just think to Clint because like literally nothing bothers Clint, and I was like, yeah, you can tell, like he's not, he's not worried about anything except possibly immigrants. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh fuck. Well, uh-huh. I'm just trying to make it real. It is real. That that, that is real. That anyway, is how he feels. This has been movies. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I'm just making it real. Sorry. This has been another episode. <laughs> I thought you were doing like Bernard Herzog. This has been. This has been. <laughs> that's <laughs> Jules and Jim. Yes, that's that's this all has I been. that's the only accent I can do is the French New Wave VO. Another <laughs> all of the image book. Literally, it's the image book. 
Je devrais. Je devrais. Je devrais. Je devrais. Je 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 devrais. Je Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what if, what? That's Amore. Okay. <laughs> this would not have totally fixed the movie, but a what if Jean Luc Godard played the character that Vigo Mortensen? Vigo lost it. Shit. That Vigo plays Tony Vallelonga, not Nick Vallelonga. <laughs> That's the son. <laughs> This is oh an auteur. God. Please get it right. Ben is giving the self-righteous <laughs> correcting finger. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right or leave. Nick Vallelonga is the son <laughs> Nick. of... Nick Vallelonga is the director behind That's Amore. Thank you so much. Yeah. What's Peter What's Peter Farley thinking? He's like, what am I, Jap? Why am I not directing That's Amore? What's he doing? Yeah, what is he doing? Flashing his penis on the set. <laughs> Hey, Nick, you need a penis flash? Can I flash my dick yet? <laughs> Nick's like, go ahead. He's got his dick out in a Dalma meeting. <laughs> you know what? Nick's, Nick's made a lot of good points, but how about this? Zip. <laughs> Slams his two Oscars on the table. Boom, boom. <laughs> With his dick in between. <laughs> boom. Truly brass balls. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. Oh, I'm actually Jesus. crying. Okay. <laughs> For the 14th time, this has been Movies IMO. Oh my god. <laughs> mm. Take a pill and go to bed. That's what I want to say to Peter Farrelly. <laughs> Take a couple. Take more than enough. <laughs> Take... Too many. Okay, we're gonna. Be on a <laughs> I'm gonna get kicked off Twitter. No, we're, we're gonna oh, Daniel, I told. Do you want to tell this around the mic? <laughs> I got kicked off Twitter because I tweeted too many Robbie Malik death threats. <laughs> you sent those to the group. I saw. Die, you complicit bitch. <laughs> It's like I was lit off three glasses of wine watching the SAG Awards just popping off. That was and, the Oscars, and, uh, I thought. I think it was SAG Awards. It was back in, the tweet was from January. Oh. It was just like Wednesday afternoon. And Twitter was like, oh my God, this he, this is a serious threat. It's like I was just wasted. Uh, and That's then, like how I and then, would, then every so often I would get like a we're worried about you like <laughs> notification from Twitter like someone reported that you're probably gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> well, Ben, and then you retorted. Oh, it took the Rami stands long enough to find and report it because they can't read. <laughs> it's true. They watch Mr. Robot. His brethren. <laughs> God, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Well, I shan't say. But nothing, nothing exciting. I shan't have shared that, but I did. I shan't have shared, but you did, and I'm glad that you did share. I shan't have shared, but I shared anyway. And that's that basically the film, The Awful Truth. Okay, wrap that it. line right yeah. there. It was a zippy. I shouldn't have shared. <laughs> I shouldn't have shared it, but I shared it. I shouldn't share. I shan't share, but I shared it. That was like that was Kate McKinnon's <laughs> old Hollywood lady. Yeah. Back in my day, <laughs> I don't have. It. I mean, I don't, I, I don't. I can't riff. I'm dead. Please, you know what? They should have just permanently out. banned me. It would be nice. I would look at my life. Freedom at last. Ben, 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 Ben himself. He permanently banned himself from. Twitter. I've been getting so much sleep. 
Uh, she's sleeping. Uh, she's sleeping. I'm able to get the same amount of things done in a day and still, and then it's like, oh, it's 8 p.m. You're sleeping as easy as the grandma from the last with her iPad. Because I don't have the ankle. On the couch. So the closest I have felt to being back on Twitter. I can't believe we're still recording. I know. Someone commented (laughs) on my leaving Neverland review. Did I talk about, did I? Because I was, he saw it. He deleted it. Oh, did he? Because all that's there is no. <laughs> so he, it's just you saying no. <laughs> Someone who I don't follow and doesn't follow me, but clearly was just like looking up Leaving Neverland reviews, was like probably saying the same thing on all of them. Because yep. I my log was it makes me mad that people don't believe believe them. them. Yeah, and he commented, but you understand why they don't believe him. And you them. said, and I said no, and then he explained, well, because it's just testimony. And I was like, this is why I'm not. I, I was chair. I was ready to sign off Letterboxd forever that night. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want I want this to be a private I thing know, a diary for friends yeah. to look at my dumb logs. Well, that's how I felt about my stupid Twitter joke about what's your favorite gay movie. And I put a picture of Michael Corleone kissing Fredo from The Godfather Part Two. And I've got 50 people yelling weekend at me. Yeah. <laughs> like obviously what I do for work I love these movies yeah. but like it is it is like this was for 10 people mm-hmm. this was for the two of you and Matter Spammer and like seven other people and Jeffrey and for Jeffrey so for six other people <laughs> that's it that's it how many gay people like the Godfather like I got I mean, 50 you know there it's a there's a Venn diagram I love like three gays just responded with like gifs of call me by your name i'm like oh well my God. there was like watch another movie no, t- today t- <laughs> no no and then it's like read a can book you come up no, with on. something else two, two things two things one so, someone added in earnest to my tweet saying seen a lot of white on this list and then like pictures oh of like God. moonlight and happy together and i'm like it's a joke no 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 and it's, it's, so i was like i was like you're right but you're in the wrong place for yeah. it I'm, I'm like what you're saying is accurate um not this thread people in the main post are sicilian and it's questionable as to whether they're white okay so. but the other thing i was gonna say the other thing i was gonna say is that there was a really good response that said like i'm partial to call me by your name and there was a picture of two um army hammers in the social network next to each other <laughs> that's so that funny. person got the joke that's but funny then today that's t- cute. today yeah. today some stranger added this other stranger and was like I agree, but I think that's a picture from the social. <gasps> I'm like, I think, I think my original post is a picture of the Godfather Part Two. I think. I think. Yeah. God. You know what? Exhausting. End Twitter. I'm so tired. I'm glad we're getting rid of the likes and the retweets. It's the end of Twitter. Good. Good. I'm glad. That I, I made my friends. Been on it in Time two to go. Weeks. Time to go. I will not meet another human. It there. was March first, in the middle of the day. Our dear friend TJ texted me and said, "My mom thinks I should give up Twitter for Lent." And I was like, "You should." And I'm going to log off Twitter right now in solidarity. <laughs> That's how this started. I was just like looking for any excuse to. I'm gonna. I'm done too. I'm out. <laughs> so that's what TJ's doing for Lent. Uh-huh. Is he gonna come back or leave? Forever? I think he'll come back. Yeah, he'll come back just in time for us to see cats at the Fantagus next. Hell yeah! Week. Oh because my! Because Jellicles do, no, and Jellicles can't. Easter's at the end of April this year. Oh, I don't know when. Is one of the cats a cat who fucks? Uh, the Rum Tum Tugger fucks Brandon. The Rum Tum Tugger. The Rum Tum Tugger. Buy my cat. buy my ticket right now. But the right. Have gross, but the, but the have pheasant, 
Really have gross. We didn't even I just want to hear memories perform. Felicity Huffman. <laughs> oh. Who Twitter have Twitter you guys short circuited? Have that you guys day. watched American Crime? No. Yes. Season two. No. She is that character. She that's literally her. She's the the principal where of where she a, got the idea. She's a principal of Probably. a an upper class school, and there's like a there, it's like a rape incident has occurred, and she is just like doing emails to she's cover like, it up. She's like, "We have to like, no, this doesn't leave this room." Lifts open her laptop, and she's like, "It's her best performance, oh. and it's because she's just playing herself. It's there so she's doing so crime, doing she's an doing crime. It's a, it's a, it's a gay bashing, right? It's a, um, uh." It's a video of a sexual assault. I can't oh. think of a gay sexual oh, wow. assault. Wow. I can't think the, of the actors' names, but it's Connor. from Closet Monster. Connor Jessen. Yeah. Jessup. 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 That's Carly. Carly Ray Jepsen. Like and the other good actor, I can't think wasted of Wasted and being abused at a party by someone else. Oh, by wow. this by the guy. closeted. He claims that not, he's like a jock. Uh-huh. He claims, he claims not he's to be not gay. gay. It's the best season of the program. This sounds really oh, fascinating. It's very no, good. it's and that hard to watch. that Heroin. season is so good. Regina, Le- Regina, D- is is this one of her Emmy seasons? No, she won for season one. Should have been. I thought she won for two seasons of American. Crime. Oh, maybe she did. I, I thought th- she just won for season one. I think one. when she won for her Netflix movie, that was her third consecutive Emmy. Who is the I hot? I think, but I'm not sure. Who is the hot? I'm opposite? literally packing I up forget, to go. I while know. We do this. Joey Polari. Joey Polari. Mm-hmm. He is very good in it. He's he's well, the one. Congratulations to Joey. <laughs> you know what? Congratulations to Joey for being hot and being outward, out and gay. You are correct. She won. Oh, for my it. boyfriend Joey. You know him? Yeah, we're, we've been dating for like a year. Shut yeah. up. Polari. Yeah. Yeah, she did Shut win. Shut up. Should have said Joe. You know Joe. She did not win three years in a row. She won three of four years. Oh, well, there you go. But four, she did win for the second season of and American Crime. And she Prime. won an Oscar, so. <laughs> Daniel's My just. My bag is packed. Daniel is just leaving. My bag is packed. Daniel's leaving. He's All right, done. for the 75th time, this has been Movies IMO. You can find us. time. Oh, you can find us on Twitter, <laughs> Apple Movies. <laughs> well, congratulations. We stopped talking about the movie 20 minutes ago. <laughs> We've just my been doing on. it. Um, you can find us on Stitcher and iTunes, iTunes and Google Play. Not Google Spotify. Play. We're not on Spotify. You can add us at Movies IMO on Twitter. Uh, my name is Ben MB. You can find me on Twitter. Real Todd Great Grandma. <laughs> or you can't find you. Oh, you're right. I'm not. I'm not there. But Bye. you can. You can at me. But I'm, I haven't logged on in two weeks. My name is Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. And I just want to let all of you know, all of you who are out there talking shit on Beto O'Rourke today. Oh, first of all, I'm not voting for him. I have no plans to vote for him as of today. Don't can't imagine voting for him in the primary. Mm-hmm. Big fan of his. Just wanted to put everybody on notice that those of you who have been talking shit about him, I have I have clocked you, and I understand that many of you were the same people who were fawning over him six months ago, and I understand that it's a different context running for the Senate and running for the presidency, but all I ask is that we use some consistency these days. Just some consistency. It's like there's a difference between... I don't think you should run for president. He's trash. No, we, we are in full Beto is trash mode. And it, it, it honestly is depressing to me. I mean, it's one thing to talk about his politics. We can have a conversation about how he mm-hmm. voted a third of the time with Trump when he was in the House. But that's the same voting record when he was in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's a different context. It's one thing to get rid of Ted Cruz and have one more Democrat in the Senate versus the presidency. But like, 
people, you're embarrassing yourselves. You are truly embarrassing yourselves. And I'm not saying let's all stand better. Let's keep standing better. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't plan to vote for him. I don't. Th- he made a mistake by running for by running for president. I think he's making a big mistake. Mm-hmm. He'll his political career is over. Mm-hmm. He can't run for he can't run against John Cornyn in 2020. He will have the permanent stench of a loser after this primary. I think he made a serious mistake. But it is just so. I don't want to get too much on my high horse because I'm already on it. But it's just it's embarrassing mm-hmm. seeing how little people. It is embarrassing to see how flimsy people's convictions are. That's all. It's just mob mentality. It's mob mentality, yeah. and it's and it's this it's is, Twitter. This is this how we is get to be headings. There are literally people who twenty four hours ago were tweeting po- twenty four hours ago mm-hmm. were tweeting positively about Beto, who were tweeting negatively about Beto today. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous to me. Like it's and it, it is not that Beto is unimpeachable. Feel mm-hmm. free to critique. In fact, we should. But it is it is just wild to me how people have no convictions. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Mm-hmm. That's all. Gotta get those likes. No, that's baby. what it is. You won't be able to see them anymore, bitch. You can just look at them yourself and enjoy. <laughs> In bed at night. Crying. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at PK Kirby. What are we talking about next week, Ben? We're doing this next week? <laughs> Fuck. I Jesus. thought this was the last episode. Next week, we're talking about Gloria Bell. Gloria, say, uh, Gloria, 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 and we're talking about forty-three films titled <laughs> Gloria. <laughs> wow, we're, we're talking, talking about, about Gloria, Gloria Bell, directed by Sebastian Elio. Gloria, directed by Sebastian Elio, and Gloria, Gloria directed by John Cassavetes. Yes, our first Cassavetes as official homework. Yeah, wow, we're gonna be insufferable on that episode, and it's a minor one. I mean, it's a good movie. Do but you it have is a that minor DVD one. in your Casavitz collection? No, it's not. It's one not of in those. this. What I thought. But I, we can talk afterwards about how we can watch it. Um, by the way, the first gif I ever made. Do you have it on here? Mm-hmm. The first gif I ever made was Please from say. the Sebastian Sebastian Lelio's Gloria oh. trailer, nice. where she is sitting at the bar and drinking an entire glass of champagne in one gulp as the four star accolades are. Rising from the bottom of the screen. Oh, that's so good. I remember that scene in the trailer. It's a good gif, and it was the first gif I ever made. And I remembered someone immediately added me saying, Why do you have the letterbox on there? I'm like, it's my first gif. It's my my first gif. This is why we got to get offline. We we got to live our fucking lives. Just like Gloria. Did you watch it already? No. But I've seen the. But you know what it's about. So you're watching Belle before Gloria. I am. That's going to be a very interesting interesting perspective. Interesting. Yeah, so. We tell will. us. Tell us. <laughs> I'm just. And <laughs> greatest five stars and tell us. What was it? <gasps> Where have you been stuck trying to emigrate? I don't know. <laughs> Where are you going this spring? What, what, what past trauma is affecting you right now? <laughs> what? Do you think Franz Bergowski's hot? <laughs> yes. Is that his actual name? Did I do that right? I mean, I believe his credit is Something hot. about that. Tell us. Franz Rogowski. Hot as himself. Are you Nina Haas? Mm. Oh! Is Nina Haas gay rights? The answer is yes. <laughs> my favorite moment in the film Three Women, in uh, which are very much my feelings when I'm watching any Nina Haas movie, are Sissy Spacek firing a gun, mm. turning to the guy next to her with a beard saying, give me a slug of that Haas. Mm. Anytime the credits roll... On a Nina Haas picture, Haas. give me a slug of that Haas, baby. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.